Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Well, hello, boys and girls. Here's a little podcast-only content for you from Two Tell and Nuanas. Always happy to bring you the games we didn't pick during Two Tell and Nuanas on the air uh, to you here from the NFL against the spread, the numbers for week six in the NFL and the other games, as it were, that uh, didn't make the cut for the show. So here we go, Coulter. Uh, this Sunday, uh, the Carolina Panthers and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the Buccaneers in Tampa. This is a home game for Tampa. Carolina is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Kyle Allen has been quarterbacking the Panthers. Uh, they are 3-0 and since Kyle Allen's taken over. Uh, pretty remarkable. Retro, Cam. Slow return from foot injury for Cam Newton. Both the, uh, the Panthers, though, are 3-2 and two now in the season. The Buccaneers... Two and three. Uh, the Buccaneers have been so hot and cold. It's been very, very odd to watch this team. But the Buccaneers, one of their two wins, they beat the Rams in that crazy game uh, in week four. But they also beat these very Panthers in Carolina in week two. So uh, it was like a 2014 football game the first time around. This game is now back in uh, in Tampa. I really, honestly, I mean, I, I don't know what to think about this football game. You know what I mean? I, this is one that just sort of sits out there. And I, I don't have a good feeling at all for the uh for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I, I don't have a great feeling frankly for the Carolina Panthers either so this is a hard one for me I I probably go with Tampa on this one they already won the head-to-head it's in Tampa Bay they're a, they're a home underdog I probably go with the with the with the uh, uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the underdog in this thing I'm on the opposite side I think that Undertold stories how many veteran guys Carolina added to their roster in the offseason defensively, and that can go one of two ways, especially if guys are washed up. But they're getting good production so far out of Gerald McCoy, Dontario Poe. Uh, they moved Shaq Thompson to the inside to play next to Luke Keekley. Bruce Irvin seems like he's got at least a little bit of gas left in the tank. Eric Reed much maligned because of all the controversy of the off the field, but he can still really play. So I think Carolina's better on defense than people give them credit for. And I also think that it's been interesting to watch the Kyle Allen phenomenon mm. because Cam Newton, when Cam Newton's in the game, when Cam Newton's at his best, we know this. He can be as good as an MVP. But he's also very volatile, and it's also all about Cam. And so often the, the centerpiece of the offense is Cam. And 
we all know Cam Newton is locked into Greg Olson. I mean, he loves throwing to Greg Olson. It just seems, and, and, and I'm always the one that's pounding the drum, saying when you hit the when you hit the scene early, you have a chance to be better. How do you perform once teams adjust to you? Kyle Allen's swimming in those waters right now, but in the three games that he started so far, he's distributed the ball much better. It seems as if every single skill player other than Greg Olson is producing at a higher level without Cam Newton. Okay. Because Cam Newton's not the central focal point, so I'm taking the Panthers. Okay, you got the Panthers laying the two and a half. I will uh, take the home dog in the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In the sadness and weeping bowl, the Washington Redskins are at the Miami Dolphins. Somebody's getting their first win. This uh, The Redskins are 0-5. The only reason the Dolphins are not 0-5 is because they had a bye last week. They're 0-4. Washington with Callahan as their new interim head coach after firing Jay Gruden, the first uh, the first game after Jay Gruden, no longer the head coach here. Washington is a favorite in this game, three-and-a-half-point favorite in South Beach. I mean, how bad do you have to be to be hosting a team that just fired its coach and be a three-and-a-half-point home underdog? I mean, that is truly atrocious. And you know what? I believe it. Give me Washington to sort of have a small little rally because of the firing of his their coach against a bad, bad, bad Miami Dolphins team and win this thing by a touchdown. Can't be more dysfunctional than the Dolphins, but now that the Dolphins are fully aware that they themselves suck, and now that they're going to go into full tank mode, so not only are they dysfunctional, not only do they have everybody diving off the sinking ship, but now they want to be bad, they have the inside track at 0-16. I got the Redskins as well. Okay. Uh the Saints at the Jaguars, I find this game to be a very interesting one. Coulter, are you ready for this? You ready for this? I'm ready. Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew at home, favored over the New Orleans Saints. Teddy Bridgewater obviously has been very good since he took over uh, starting for the injured Drew Brees. The Saints are 4-1 and one, uh, on the season. The Jaguars are 2-3. and three. And I feel like there's something that I just don't understand here, how the Jaguars would be favored over the New Orleans Saints the way that they've been going. I think it's still a lack of belief at some level in, in Teddy Bridgewater. But the Saints are better than the Jags are. Uh, out, you know, and, and Gardner Minshew and, and Teddy Bridgewater, I consider that kind of a wash. And, and that's a good thing. I mean, I like both of these quarterbacks. I like what they're doing right now. Uh, but I wouldn't sit here and go, oh, well, one of these guys is obviously better than the other one. Uh, and the rest of the team... I mean, it's a far better team in New Orleans than it is in in Jacksonville. And even though it's a home game for the Jags, the fact that they're favoring this thing by a point is crazy to me. I got the Saints in this all day. Jacksonville, a little bit harder place to play than maybe people give it credit for. I do agree with everything you just said. Um, I don't know. I'm always wary of these sorts of lines when when it just seems so obvious that one team should be favored. What do I not know? Right. Yeah. Like what? What are the what are the recent trends of New Orleans right. in Jacksonville, or you know, what's the specific matchup? Maybe, you know, maybe the Saints are bad against big running backs that are inside runners like Leonard Fournette. I'm not sure, but it just seems to me when you have a perplexing line like this, you should just take what the what the house sets it as. I'm taking the Jags. Okay, uh, the ESPN matchup projector has this at 57.8 percent win for the Saints. Uh, even though the uh, Jags are mm. uh, favored according to Vegas, so I, I, again, I don't. It's, it does feel like maybe the the uh, the point setters there at the uh, Caesars or whatever had, had no, know something that maybe we don't know. But uh, I would take the Saints on this. You're going to go with Jacksonville. That's fine. I understand the thinking there. I like my pick though. 
Bengals at Ravens, the 0-5 Bengals, a divisional matchup on the road at Baltimore. Baltimore, a home favorite by 11, 11 11-point favorite for the Baltimore Ravens. That that line feels very accurate to me uh, on this football game. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens. The Ravens have not been great. The la- they they started out kind of you know burning it down. They were rolling uh, early because they played the Dolphins and Cardinals to open things up. Then they lost when they played the Chiefs. They had a tough a tough loss to the Browns at home, forty twenty five. They get back on track last week with a three point win against the Steelers. Uh, this Bengals offensive line, Coulter, is is as bad as I've ever seen in terms of of a, of a, of a unit in the NFL. I mean, it is they are absolutely god-awful atrocious the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line and even though the Bengals defense is not what it once was they're still good Ravens defense Uh, excuse me the Ravens defense is still good and I think they're just going to just unload and there's just no place to go there's still no AJ Green John Ross is out you basically got Joe Mixon and 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 I guess Lloyd, I mean, there's just nobody really uh, uh, there for Cincinnati and no time anyways, even if they were there. So um, I got Baltimore winning this thing handily. It's probably going to be an ugly football game, but I think uh, the, 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 the Ravens will take care of business here. Bengals have either gotten just absolutely routed or have lost heartbreakers. They lost on a last-second field goal to the previously winless Cardinals a week ago. Before that, though, they lost by 24 points to the Steelers. They lost by a field goal to the Bills. They lost by 24 points to the 49ers, and they lost by a single point to the Seattle Seahawks. So it's been a field goal or less three times and 24 points the other two times. They're a weird deal, but I also think that maybe the fact that they put A.J. Green on the trading block today, I mean, there's talks that now with the deadline approaching and his injury status unknown, what are they going to do with A.J. Green? Mm -hmm. Do you really want to trade that guy? Because what are they going to do that's going to help you this year? You don't want anybody to help you this year when you're already this far into it. I mean, you're 0-5. you you got to try and get picks out of it. That's what I'm saying. Well, you try to get picks, right, and you just got to ride this bad out. So we'll we'll see. But uh, I don't know. This is a hard line to me, too, though, because the Ravens, I think, will certainly dominate this game. But it's a – The Ravens aren't great, though. The Ravens right, are and they're a good team. And they already, and the they already shot team. their wad in terms of being able to blow a team out. They did that against the Miami Dolphins. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's a complete outlier. It's a total outlier. But I mean, just the way that they play, the way they operate, I just don't know if they're gonna run away with this game, even if they're in control of the game the whole time. So I think that it actually is a very accurate line. I'm gonna take Cincinnati to cover, even okay. though I think that the Ravens will win and win thirty twenty. Right. And, I think the, the Ravens will be in control of this game, but I, I would not be surprised. If the Bengals cover, I got the Bengals. Okay. Uh, this is a game that I think uh, I thought we could have done on the show. In fact, certainly sh- certainly could have done on the show, but we have it for you here on the podcast only. This is still really good, though. The Niners and the Rams. Undefeated San Francisco, you and I. I mean, how could you not have been impressed by what they did on Monday uh, against Cleveland? And the Rams, who have been sort of uh, – it's hard to say. They've lost now their last two when they, they had that crazy game to Tampa, and then they lost a very a really good game – to Seattle last Thursday, uh, and then ha- you know Greg Zerline misses the field goal, but they're now three and two. They're hosting the 49ers. The 49ers again four and zero undefeated. The Rams three point favorite in this game. The advantage that the Rams have is that they played on Thursday, and San Francisco played on Monday, so they got count them up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday four days of rest. 
more than what the Brown or the and and call it preparation too for that matter than what the uh, 49ers will have coming into this. That said, I thought the 49ers look first of all the real deal all day on defense and just in general. And uh, I was so impressed with this team. And the Rams are they're struggling right now, man. I mean. You know, Brandon Cooks is questionable for this game. Even if he's been there, he hasn't been great. Todd Gurley is, uh, you know, again, a major physical question mark. The only guy who you could just about lock it up with is Cooper Cup on this football team offensively. And, you know, that's good. And this is a good football team, but I don't think they've been anywhere near what they've been. I mean, good gracious, Clay Matthews broke his jaw. He's out a month now. I'm not saying he's like the linchpin to their defense, but just, you know, guys falling apart over here. Um, the Rams are still a really good football team, but you know, we talk about axe grinding or grudge matches or like Khalil Mack, you know, when he went back to play Oakland and wanted to, you know, prove a point or whatever, obviously Oakland won that football game, but you have those games like that for players. I think you have those games for coaches too. And I think Kyle Shanahan has has had about enough of everybody sitting here and just bowing to the altar of Sean McVay about how he is as an offensive mind and play caller and this, that, and the other. Kyle Shanahan is one of the great offensive, young offensive minds in this game. And he's obviously got it rolling right now, personnel-wise and and in general. And I think that he's got something for the Rams and for McVay and wants a little bit of that shine that has basically all been going to Sean McVay, the boy wonder over there. So I think that they, the, 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 the 49ers are going to perform well in this football game. And I, I kind of like them to win it straight up, honestly. But I will take them with the as being a three-point underdog. The Rams, I think there's two factors here impacting the Rams. I think three. Familiarity with what they're doing on offense last year was so new uh, with the way this kid running the show. Uh, I think that Jared Goff is still trying to refine his midseason form of last year because, mm-hmm. as you are always harping, his late-season form is not great, and his Super Bowl was downright bad. And I think that part of that, though, is just the – Lack of health by Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's got to be healthy for the mechanism of the offense to work. And if he's just an average running back, then the offense is just going to be average because they run play action more than any other team in the league. And to spur on the play action, you need Todd Gurley to be productive. I think the other thing is you mentioned Clay Matthews by no means the linchpin of their defense. Who is the linchpin of their defense, though? Because they have Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in the in the world right now. But I think you're seeing the impact – of how much, no matter, even if you are the biggest freak on the planet, like Aaron Domi, he is unblockable. He's so ridiculous with his hands. He's so strong, but he can't do it alone. Adamican Sue helped Aaron Donald win Defensive Player of the Year last year. Having Alec Ogletree behind you, that helps so much. They don't have those dudes. The guys on the outside, they're not getting any younger. I mean, is Aqib Talib still good? I'm right. not sure. I mean, he's right. old now. He yeah. was once elite. I'm not sure if he's still good. A couple of years ago, LaMarcus Joyner was the guy on hard knocks trying to battle his way for a roster spot. Now he's a starter. Has he gotten as m- enough better for that to actually be worth it? They just, I, I just feel like they have a lot of holes on defense, and if they have that specific hole on offense, they're going to struggle finding a rhythm. And then you know the factor that you don't believe in, the Super Bowl hangover, I think it's a real factor, especially for a young team that hits a fever pitch like they did a year ago. How do you recapture the magic? It's hard. How do you bounce back? We talked about this in the Big Sky Conference with UC Davis. They didn't have to learn how to lose last year. Now that they're losing a couple times in a row, how do they bounce back? The Rams were just red hot ripping everybody last year. They were the the story in the league for the first 13 weeks. 
how do they readjust, how do they learn how to bounce back when you give up 55 to the Bucks? How do you not let that matriculate down the road? So I, I agree. I think the Niners can win straight up, but I'm also going to pick the Niners to cover. If you ever want an example with how crazy the NFL is, you told us before the season started that in week six we would be picking the Niners to beat the Rams, not simply to cover. We would have said, you are an idiot and laughed in your face. And yet here we are doing that very thing. Uh, two more games for you here on the podcast side of this uh, NFL picks against the spread. The hapless Atlanta Falcons against the slightly less hapless Arizona Cardinals. The uh, Cardinals a two-and-a-half-point home underdog as the Falcons at 1-4, and 0-3 on the road, by the way, uh, go and they get their probably most favorable matchup of the season against Arizona. And uh, people, you know, going to pick the Arizona or pick the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan's had a big season in terms of numbers and stuff, but it has not translated to wins. Uh, they lost to the Vikings week one. They beat the Eagles somehow in week two, which is the, the only win. Of course, it's the best win of the year for Atlanta and they've lost to the Colts Titans and Texans since then the Cardinals the worst team that that Atlanta will have played this season the writing's already on the wall for the Falcons I got the Cardinals winning this game dude I think the Cardinals are not great but I think that they're starting to figure it out I love Kyler Murray you know this and I just hate the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> hate them your, your hate and to stay for the Falcons is is starting to impact is it, is it, your opinion of of I actually how their clearly. performance is. I can't think clearly. The thing is, though, I'm on the same page. Really, I am. Oh man. wow! I thought you would just call me a, a moron no, and man. go right I, with this. I, I I think that I think that Matt Ryan's best days are certainly behind him. I think that I think the thing that bothers me about the Falcons more than anything is that Julio Jones is one of my favorite players, mm. and Julio Jones is just sitting there. Beast moding the entire NFL and catching 115 passes for 1,800 yards and three touchdowns you know every who Julio year. Julio Jones is Felix Fernandez, but better, better, proportionally yeah, better. He is better, but he's just on an awful team. Just language. At least he got to play in a Super Bowl. I mean, I he guess did. there's that. He did. He's Megatron, man. Right, and it just makes me sad that yeah, he's just too. sitting there because it's not as if he's underused. They throw him the ball all the time. They just don't throw him the ball to score, which is frustrating. And and even when they do, it doesn't matter because they suck. And they do suck. There's just something about them. They don't have that pop, that no. whiz that you need. No, uh, I I don't know. I uh, man, what what's the line? Tell me the two line and again. a half points. Not a big line. Cardinals are favored. No, Card- Falcons are favored. Falcons are favored. I got the Cardinals. Yeah, I got I got the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals will actually end up winning this football game, uh, but I will pick them at the at the least to cover, even though two and a half points is not. I'd love it if it was at three, but. Two and a half is what it is. Okay, last game that we're going to pick here on the podcast side of this thing, the 3-2 and two Cowboys on a two-game skid at the 0-4 Jets. I think I think that uh, 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 their quarterback, Sam Darnold, is returning uh, on Sunday, Coulter, for the New York Jets. So that has obviously been uh, a huge thing. The Dallas Cowboys, a seven-point favorite in New York at MetLife Stadium against the Jets in this. If Sam Darnold is back... Uh, Sam Darnold, first of all, has to be coming back because if he wasn't coming back, I think that number would be much higher. Uh, but I'm under the uh, assumption that Sam Darnold is returning. I probably still go with the Cowboys. I think that Sam Darnold's first game back, he you know he had mono and then he got over the mono, but you have, still have like an enlarged spleen. Forever, and, right? and that has to. I, I'm not exactly sure. You have mono forever. 
If you get mono, the virus, you have mononucleosis and/or Epstein-Barr virus. It lingers within you forever. But the point being is that he hasn't been doing anything. You know, it's not like you can sit there. It's not like even a, 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 a you know, maybe a broken bone or something like that, where you can at least do other stuff with the rest of your body. Right. Like you got to just sit there and lay down. And you know, I think you, that there's going to be rust. And by the way, I don't think. I mean, Sam Darnold's a, a, a good quarterback with a lot of potential, but he certainly hasn't arrived at any sort of like. I mean, Dak Prescott's the better of these two quarterbacks today, as far as I'm concerned. And the Cowboys are just better across the board beyond that than what are the Jets. Uh, I I don't I think the Cowboys will and are already showing that they're underachieving already. But I think they're going to beat the Jets and to, to to beat them by a touchdown or better. I think they could certainly do it. The Jets are not very good, and and I think that they will you know win this game by ten or more. I think this game will show how good Sam Darnold is, or at least how much better he can make a team because the mm. Jets have been god awful. Off Luke Falk. I mean, he can't do anything. Uh, did you read the article about the Saints stealing the Cowboys' signals? Oh, no. So Kellen Moore takes the league by storm. Dak Prescott looks better than he's ever looked before in his life. The Cowboys score big points the first two weeks. Now, the Saints steal all their signals because Kellen Moore uses the exact same signals on the sidelines as he did at the line of scrimmage at Boise State. I mean, grow up. This is the NFL. They're right. going to steal them. I mean, these right. guys are – they. <laughs> It's no just what it takes, they're going to figure out a competitive advantage. Yeah. Anything, yeah. they will find a way to figure out how to have a competitive advantage. Obviously, now that that article is in the ethos, 100% people in the Cowboys read it and told Kellen Moore, hey, let's get new hand signals. Yeah. But it's just, I think it's just a symbolic. It's, I mean, it's, is it's, that it's, on Kellen Moore or is that on? Well, it's on the hand clapper. Yeah. It's on Jason Garrett. It's, right. It has to be. But all I'm saying is it, it's just symbolic of the of the maturation that still needs to take place for Kellen Moore because I think that he actually does have a really good offensive mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question that he does. I mean, he's the son of a high school legend in Tom Moore, his dad, who, who led Prosser High School to 10 million state championships in the state of Washington. And, you know, it's all the stories of Kellen Moore watching film, designing plays yep, when he was yep, a kid. Yep. And then, you know, he's one of the all-time winners quarterbacks in, in college football history, all that stuff. It's the big leagues, and they're going to find a way to exploit you. How do you then bounce back from it? I think that I, I just think it's a sign of the match. I don't think that has any impact on this game, though. Uh, I think that Sam Darnold makes the Jets a lot better, but I still think the Cowboys will win and cover. Yeah, I, I agree. I one thing, Coulter, and this is, I wouldn't say this on our radio show when it's out there, just you know, bouncing around for for. I mean, this is obviously for everybody on the podcast too. But you had to come find us. Instead of us finding you like we do on the radio. Okay. But this is obviously just speculation and it's probably seated in my bias and all that. And you and I are on the same page when it comes to Jason Garrett and everything like that. I am with you about Kellen Moore. I really like Kellen Moore. I think Kellen Moore could have played in the NFL and maybe if he hadn't broken his leg, he would have played in the, not maybe, he certainly would have because he was Tony Romo's backup until he was injured too. And that's what Dak Prescott got his look. So, and and I think Kellen Moore is a, a, a very bright light and a smart, smart guy uh in football and in general and so uh, this is not me bashing Kellen Moore here at all that said uh what's the show Coulter on Amazon that's hard knocks but for the full season all or nothing right isn't that the name of it all or nothing yeah it's on Amazon Prime yeah so they've done a number of different teams one of the teams they did was two years ago the Dallas Cowboys and you sit there and you watch a full season of of the Cowboys and what they're doing and Jason Garrett. 
and it didn't change my opinion for better or worse about Jason Garrett. I kind of uh, there's some stuff. He's funnier than I thought he would be. So I mean, I guess that goes somewhere with me, you know, whatever. But at the end of the season, and they had lost all those games. It was the season that that Ezekiel Elliott was uh, suspended, you know, for six games, and they they end up not making the playoffs after they had gone, I think, thirteen and three the previous year, and it's just ugly. And at the final, um, you know, meeting. Jason Garrett basically states that, you know, a, several of the coaches who were here that didn't buy into my system, they're not going to be here next year. And, and that's what it, and that's the way that it's going to be. And on the one hand, of course, because you're the head coach and you want guys who are want, you know, who are going to buy into your system and all that. But also, if you can't sell the vision well enough or if you're doing things as a head coach that significant numbers of your also professional coaching staff don't agree with, it might be time to look in the mirror. And ever since I saw that and then saw that Kellen Moore was named the offensive coordinator, it has felt to me much the way it feels that Jerry Jones has Jason Garrett as the head coach. Why? Because he'll do what he tells him to do. Because he won't talk back. Because he won't have, you know, a strong-headed guy who's going to come in here and try and take any of his power from him or whatever. And this feels the same way to me with Kellen Moore. And again, I like Kellen Moore a lot. But I think that Kellen Moore gets promoted to OC for no other reasons than that he will say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, to Jason Garrett on whatever the things are. And I think that is a recipe for disaster, man. I just do. And I think that it's... This is a really good football team, talent-wise, that's just going to underachieve until Jason Garrett isn't the head coach anymore. That is that is my impression. You finally came around. What, I've been on this for – no, 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 this isn't new. But I'm just it, – it, What's you know what's new in Dallas? The talent on the field. Relatively, yeah, totally. I and, mean, they've had guys all the time, but they got more good players in Dallas than they've had in 15 years right now. I'm, I'm so interested. You know, we, we – so easy to follow the injuries to guys that touch the ball. Teron Smith, who is a Hall of Fame yep. left tackle, he got rolled up on last week, and yep. he did not come back in the game, and it looked really bad, either high ankle sprain or Achilles. I mean, he was he was crying. I mean, to make that man cry, I don't know what you what has to happen, but, yeah. but if it, that will just kill their offensive line because that's a situation in the NFL, right? When you have a guy like him who's so elite, who's getting paid like that, his backup is inevitably going to be a minimum salary guy almost certainly. Totally. Right? So the drop-off, even if Teron Smith's not nearly as good as he once was, he's still an A- minus. if he was once an A-plus. Right. And his backup is likely a C-plus. Right, right. So the drop-off is huge. We'll see if that impacts it. But, I, I mean, I agree, though. I think that the Cowboys have a tremendous amount of talent. They just got to figure out how to put it together. Thanks for listening. Two Tell Nuanas, NFL Picks Against the Spread, podcast only. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.